0: This is this is Triple H one hundred point one FM with Ian Stewart. Good afternoon and welcome to Rotary Matters. Today we're gonna continue our exploration of Rotary, what it is, the good work that it does, and how Rotarians and non-rotarians can get involved. Now we call the program Rotary Matters because as you're gonna find out over the next hour, Rotary impacts many lives, many causes and many concerns locally and all over the world. And it's an international, in fact a multinational story that we're here to share today. What would you do? How would you cope if your house, your village, your school or indeed your entire community was razed to the ground by an earthquake? hard to imagine, isn't it? Well, today we're going to meet a remarkable lady who knows this picture very well. She's Anne Prescott and our guest on Rotary Matters this afternoon. Anne lives in Sydney. She's an Associate Professor at UTS, that's University of Technology Sydney. She's a Rotarian with Wuronga Rotary Club and has a passion for helping earthquake-shattered communities in Nepal to get back on their feet. But that's only part of the story for Anne is also involved in assisting disadvantaged communities in Cambodia in Mongolia, in Sri Lanka and in South Africa. She is tireless, she is selfless and quietly goes about making a huge difference under the radar but with lasting impact. I'm sure you're going to enjoy meeting Anne here today on Rotary Matters so please stay tuned. But look, if you're joining us for the first time, let me give you a quick refresher of the elevator pitch, if you like, about Rotary. It's a worldwide organisation set up over 100 years ago to foster the concept of service above self. Around the world, there are 1.2 million members, 35,000 Rotary clubs in 220 countries. Here in Australia, we have 30,000 Rotarians and 1,100 clubs. Here in the Triple H catchment area, we have 10 Rotary clubs. Though, so as our signal does go beyond Hornsby and Caringai, this number is certainly higher. Now, most clubs meet weekly and they donate their time to range a very worthy local, regional and international community service projects. So, you're going to find Rotarians fighting diseases, providing clean water, sanitation and hygiene, saving mothers and children, supporting education, growing local economies and promoting peace. Locally, you might run into a Rotarian running a food bank for those less able to pay. You might meet a a student here on exchange from overseas who's attending a local school and staying with a local family. Or you may find Rotarians running a fundraising event focused on sending emergency shelter boxes to help communities overseas which have been devastated by natural disaster. As I said a few moments ago, today you're going to be meeting Associate Professor Anne Prescott from the Rotary Club of Warunga. Anne has spent several years leading projects to assist communities to rebuild and to recover in Nepal, in Cambodia, in Mongolia, Sri Lanka and South Africa. We'll also find out what makes Anne tick and how she manages to combine this vital work with her role as a maths education professor at the University of Technology in Sydney. We'll be back with Anne in just one moment. (laughs) Like the come on, come Manfred Mann there with the Mighty Quinn. Welcome back to Rotary Matters. You're on Triple H, 100.1 FM, and my name is Ian Stewart. Today we're meeting Associate Professor Anne Prescott, who's going to discuss with us her volunteer humanitarian work in Nepal and in other countries too. So, Anne, thank you very much for coming in. Welcome to you.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: And also with me is fellow Taramura Rotarian John Cronley to help with the questions. Hello, John. Uh, Ian, it's great to be here. Thank you both for coming in. Now, Anne, let's start with you. Um, The Rotary Club of Wurrunga has a number of portfolios. Uh, One of the biggest, of course, is the international portfolio, which you manage. Um, How do you decide where to apply your resources and your time when confronted with so many opportunities?
1: (laughs) Well, the only way you can actually do it when you have a large number of, of ideas is that you need a champion. And so each of our projects has a champion who looks after it, who uh, helps raise money for whatever they need. Uh, and generally, um, it's the people who are on the international committee all have a project that they devote their time to.
0: So they've, they've come across a need they, they've researched it and, and determined that something could be done about it. They've come to hmm. you as the international director and said, hey, listen, we'd like to do something. We'd like about to
1: do that, and yes. And
0: you asked them, I suppose, for a business case. Yeah. And, and um, you hmm. said about servicing that. So need.
1: after the tsunami, we became aware in Sri Lanka that there were um, a lot of people in the Tamil area who weren't getting much help from all the money that was going into Sri Lanka. And so... We set about and Richard Pitt was the person who ran it um, and he went round and he raised one hundred and twenty-five, hundred and fifty thousand dollars $150,000 um, to rebuild an orphanage in... Um, Batakaloa in Sri Lanka and uh, um, it's it's going great guns. Um, The only problem is that you then find out that there are other issues. So the girls, because they are now orphaned, or or they were all orphaned, um, uh, there's no Uh, way that they'll have a dowry so they'll probably never get married so then you have to think about well what are we going to do about uh, um, getting them some skills of some sort so they can support themselves so it's one of those projects and all of the projects you only know half the story when you get started Who, who would
0: have thought of that uh, well, we didn't. I mean, you didn't originally, but mm. it, obviously once you got yeah. started on it,
1: yeah. this, then uh, you become aware this issue of became,
0: came to yeah. light. Mm. So, Anne, um, let's start with Nepal, if we could. Um, mm. Where is Nepal? Just fix that forest geographically.
1: N- Nepal is just into the north of India. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of its borders. It's sort of a rectangular shape. Um, the northern border is China, mm-hmm. and, or Tibet, actually, and the other three are India.
0: And roughly what's the population? Do you know?
1: uh, about the same as Australia, 26 million, something like that. Okay, mm. so
0: you've had a long association with Nepal. Mm. Um, did that precede the earthquake?
1: Yes. It did? Yes, yes. So, so what, I started going in 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was my first visit. Uh, and
0: what was the purpose of your visit there, Nan?
1: It was teacher education. Yes. Um, we'd become aware that the primary teachers got absolutely no teacher education at all. So they were um, students in year eight. Um, they'd finish year eight and then they could just automatically become a teacher. Hang on, um, hang on.
0: You mean you go from year eight and you become a teacher? Yep. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
1: All you've got to do is think about the year eight students you know yes. and you know what the, that, that there's yes. a big problem there. Yes, yeah. uh, And so what we did was, uh, oh, it has actually been raised to year 12 mm-hmm. now um, but um, the teachers, they taught as they were taught um, right. so that was the only skill that they, or, or way they could pick up teacher education. So
0: did you attach yourself to a particular school in order yes, to we did. do this? Yes, we right.
1: um, A lot of people will probably know Alan who had the butcher shop in Eastern Road uh, and In Taramurra? In Taramurra. yes. and Alan uh, went on a trip he met Prem, who I think was his porter, uh, and Prem talked about his village, which was Bairabi and talked about the sort of education and how difficult it had been. So... You went to Birabi for uh, until you were in year five and then you went to the next school, which was two, a, a good half-hour walk away and then you gradually moved on to the other schools uh, in order talking, to get an education. Are we education. talking about a,
0: a mountainous area in Nepal uh, or are, uh, are we he'll, talking he'll, back he'll,
1: in Kathmandu? No, no, no. We're not in Kathmandu. We're five or six hours. Um, it, you drive between Pokhara, uh, uh, between from Kathmandu to Pokhara and then you hang a right about halfway along and you go up into the hills. And uh, so we're between 2,000 and 3,000 metres.
0: Right, right. John? Uh, is any government approval required for teaching any particular subjects?
1: No. Not from them, but we now have to get government approval in order to do the work that we're doing. So that's been a change.
0: And are there any political sensitivities that one has to be conscious of?
1: Um, Not really. Uh, I'm just very careful, Um, you know. So I, um, I know a lot of people want to go into countries and talk about religion and things. I just... They're either Hindu or or, um, Buddhist in the area where we are. They're Hindu. Um, They're lovely people. I like them. They're nice friends and that sort of thing. So, yeah. um, uh, The first time we went, we had to be a bit careful of the Maoists, um, but they're now the government. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm.
0: So you're you're made welcome when you go.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. We'll get the village band. The village band comes out and walks us into the village, um, making the most amazing sound uh, as they come in. So, yes. Oh, we're very welcomed.
0: So, and it's now November 2019, January next year. You'll be going back to Nepal. I will. Um, What's the purpose of that and who's going with you?
1: Well, the the purpose of it is to do more teacher education. So each year since 2011, we've gone in January to do teacher education. And so we get the teachers out of the classrooms. Um, they even close up the schools sometimes um, so that we can um, talk to all the teachers. And we teach them different ways of... Uh, teaching the different subjects that they teach. So most years lately we've had English and maths and science teachers who've been working and uh, and that's been really good. Uh, this coming January, at uh, the moment I think it will be English and maths um, the subjects we teach depend on the stu- people who come So uh, you,
0: do you need more people to come with you on the journey? Certainly do, always what sort need of skill, more people What skills would you like to, people to bring with them out?
1: Um, if they're a teacher that's fine but we've actually got two teachers going so we need helpers um, each day we prepare the lessons, as a group we prepare the lessons, uh, everyone's involved, if somebody has a good idea and says, yeah, I'd like to do that, whether they're a teacher or not, we we all support each other, so, so, so everybody's so, in the classroom helping. So, somebody
0: listening to this, it's Australian summertime, it's January, doesn't necessarily have any particular skills, but would like to apply some muscles or some enthusiasm, you'd appreciate having them along
1: too? I certainly would. Okay, well... Are going to come? <laughs> <laughs> uh, w- Sorry. Uh, uh, no, no, it's fine,
0: it's fine. A little later, we'll, we'll ask you for a, a contact detail for that. But in the meantime, we've just got to listen to this. This is Rotary Matters on Triple H, One FM. My name is Ian Stewart. With me in the studio this afternoon, we're delighted to welcome uh, Associate Professor Anne Prescott, who's telling us about some of the teacher training work that she's been doing Um, in Nepal, and the big earthquake, what year was that?
1: 2015.
0: 2015. Can you describe in any way the devastation, the the conditions that uh, they were confronted with?
1: Well, the area where uh, we've been working was right next to the epicentre. In fact, Manbu, the second school that we go to, it's just round the corner. That was the epicentre. And and Um, where does
0: this sit in relation to, say, Kathmandu? How far away?
1: um, Oh, I'm not sure. Um, they don't... There are no um, so many kilometres from here to there. If you say, <laughs> how far is that village over there? Yes. They'll tell you that it's three hours. Yes. Uh, and that's Nepali walk. That's right. not my walk. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. Okay. Um, yeah. It's six hours four-wheel drive and thousand metres but, up.
0: But I, mm. I'm, I'm seeing a picture in my mind of, of whole villages, perhaps built many of them built of stone, oh, um, yes. which have been mm. flattened. Yep. Uh, they
1: were. Um, we lost all our schools and 90% of the houses in the areas where we were. We were lucky that it was a Saturday. If it had been any other day of the week, whole villages would have lost their schools because the roofs just went straight down down. and so we would have lost all of those students in the in the uh, schools it was a saturday and people were out in the fields and so the loss of life was not nearly as high as it was in Kathmandu
0: so um, um how much progress has been made in making good the damage from the earthquake
1: it's um for the first 18 months it was really sad i there was not much happening at all. They seem to have their act into gear um, the uh, You have to remember that Nepal is a new democracy. Um, they had the monarchs were killed and all of that terrible um, incident and uh, and so they 're just then learning about how to be a democracy and uh, so it took them a while they are now getting it done so they decided that all the schools had to have um, good architecture, so they designed schools, they designed houses, they did all of those sorts of things. To,
0: to withstand an earthquake? Yeah. Yes. Uh,
1: well, hopefully. Um yeah. and, uh, and the idea is, um, so last January when I was there, it was wonderful. I, I, it was the sort of building that I'd expected to see Six months after the earthquake, and nothing had been done, and the same thing 12 months later, and nothing had been done. Why? Well, because they had to wait until they got permission, and ah. it was all of this sort of
0: bureaucracy getting in the way,
1: administrative um, that was happening. Uh, yes, um, but now it's happening, and schools are being built. And it's really good to see. So it was
0: a great joy for you.
1: Oh, it was wonderful. I was so excited last January to see all this building actually happening. It was great. Really good.
0: Good. So, again, going back to the idea of of people coming over from Australia, and if somebody wanted to contact you with a view to... um, uh, Taking part in January, is there a, an email address you could like to share?
1: Yes, my email address is anne with an e a n n e dot e dot prescott at gmail dot com.
0: Okay, so listeners, if you're inspired as I am by what Anne is doing, and you'd like to take part in her visit there in January and lend some support, lend some muscles, lend some IQ, some IP. I'm sure Mm -hmm. Anne Anne would love to hear from you. This is um, Triple H 100.1 FM. The programme is Rotary Matters. Um, We'll be back with Anne in a moment because we want to hear about uh, the school at Bairabi and some other parts of the world um, (coughs) which have been touched by Anne's enthusiasm and expertise. Back to our guest in the studio, Associate Professor Anne Prescott. Um, and uh, one of the projects I know that you've had a lot to do with is known as Days for Girls. Can you just fatten that out for us a little?
1: Well, Days for Girls is uh, a, the making of kits that are given to the girls so that they, they're a washable uh, sanitary pad that allows the girls to go to school. <coughs> one of the problems that we have is that the girls, if they don't have something that will help them when they have their periods, Um, they stay away from school and then it's hard to catch up. So one of the things to do is to give them something that will allow them to still come to school um, and so they don't miss a week, a month. We've been uh, making the kits and we give them to the students, to the girls. So Um, you say
0: we've been making the kits, (laughs) do you mean here in Australia or over there?
1: Yes, well, it's actually a worldwide project and so there are kits that are being made here in Australia, um, we made um, a whole lot of them over there and uh, and then from there uh, we gave them away. So that was the important thing, that we bought the materials and paid the people to make the kits and then we could give them away because we're in a very poor subsistence farming area uh, and so um the the girls very easily give up on their education
0: so so where did the materials come from then that you were using over there? Did you source them locally
1: uh i yes i've done them both uh-huh. um the first time we did it um I actually bought all the the stuff here and we cut them up and and then they were made. Um, Since then, we've got uh, the Days for Girls people will actually give us the materials or sell us the materials and that's all sourced locally Uh, and uh, and then they're made. Um, The important thing is that we have to be able to hand them out so any money we raise for the Days for Girls is so that we can buy the materials and pay... The women in the villages to actually make the kits,
0: but the kits are then given free,
1: and then they're given free.
0: Okay, so mm. it's a slightly different business model. Other, yes. other parts of the world, they're made and sold on, That's sold, right.
1: That's and the right. revenue
0: from that goes to those villages or those communities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so are are sewing machines needed for management? Yes,
1: um, treadles, because we have no reliable electricity. Mm -hmm. So, yes, we have treadle machine. Um, uh, You can also get treadle overlockers, which also make the the, uh, sewing of the Days for Girls kits much easier.
0: And and what's the the level of awareness of sex education amongst uh, youngsters over there?
1: Uh, Pretty awful. Is it? Um, So... When I give out the kits, um, I give a, a sex education talk to the girls uh, and then so that the boys don't miss out, I give sex education talk to them too. Um, At the same
0: time? Or? No, 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 no,
1: no, 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 I'm not that brave. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> so, no. So, we just give the sex education um, individually uh, or in groups, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and the... I have the there's two messages one I want them to understand their bodies Um, but the the important thing is that um, the kids know or the young adults know that uh, there is a safe time to have sex and it's really important because as soon as a girl is pregnant she's out of school there's um, that's it Uh, and probably married off. Uh, um, But the other thing that's really, really important for the um, boys and the girls to know is that it's actually the male who decides the sex of the um, baby. And a lot of domestic violence occurs when mum produces a girl Um, and, you know, boys are the be-all and end-all. And so... um, there's domestic violence as a result of that. So if if our um, work there helps them to understand their own bodies, um, then that's a step in the right direction.
0: And the, there are orphanages over in that part of the world as well, where children um, uh, come come through, but there's no prospect, very limited prospects of them uh, finding a partner and, get, and getting married.
1: Probably, yeah. yes. Yes, we we ha- I haven't been involved in those. I'm involved with in the villages. Um, you probably find the orphanages in a bigger town,
0: right? Right. Than right. the ones that we're in. But I mean, the, the orphan doesn't come with a dowry, for example.
1: Oh, again, yes, like Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. That's right.
0: Yep, mm. yep, absolutely. Mm. So um, we're spoken a little bit about Nepal um, uh, and a little bit about Sri Lanka, Mongolia. Um, As part of your uh, overarching responsibility, Um, so um, tell us what about Didi's Day? D i d i.
1: Yeah, Didi's Day. Um, Many years ago, uh, our club uh, became aware that there uh, the one of the hospitals in Ulaanbaatar needed a machine for the X-rays and things. um, You know, uh, anyway, they they uh, needed a machine, and uh, I think it was the sand said, "You you can have the old one of ours if you can get it out and get it up there."
0: This is the Sand Hospital in Warunga in the north of Sydney.
1: That's right, and so um, we ended up with. Um, this is before I joined the club. Um, so we ended up with this machine that had to be taken up there. And there were, one of the Rotarians was walking down the road and met a woman called Didi. And Didi turned out to be a wonderful, wonderful woman. She's Australian, um, uh, although more Mongolian than it now. Um, but, but lives in
0: Mongolia. She lives yeah. in
1: Mongolia. Uh, and she was worried about all the homeless kids that were out on the streets and so she started taking them in and then her house got too small so she bought a bigger house and then a bigger house and a bigger house and it's been a project a um, uh, uh, Jan Cameron and Joan Giacometti, um, they ran Didi's Day for many years, which was a bridge club. Uh, they'd have bridge, um, you mean and they the card game bridge, the card game bridge, <laughs> uh-huh. and. They'd raise an enormous amount of money for Dee Dee for all the different projects that Dee Dee wanted. So, at one stage, she needed um, to buy a new building, and and you know, so it it's just gone on and on. It's been wonderful. Um, yeah. Yes. And, and
0: so, playing cards here in Sydney, mm-hmm. money is raised through that mm-hmm. process. You pay something to play bridge, I suppose. That's right. Yeah. And the proceeds are then um, made available to. To didi. To yep. didi in in Ulaanbaatar yes in in Mongolia yes I mean, it's extraordinary the connections mm. here mm. Mm. And, and um and Prescott um Cambodia is another country that's caught mm. the attention of your mm. club tell yes. us a little bit about the what's happening over there
1: um that's the um Oh, flying. Star, Starfish. Starfish. Starfish Foundation. Um, it's a wonderful um, organisation. Uh, we support them. With giving scholarships to the uh, to students who otherwise wouldn't be able to go to school. And so we've kept them uh, in school and helped them get an education by providing the scholarships. Um, this happened because one of the guys who joined Rotary happened to know about the Starfish Foundation and said, can we support it? So yes, it's...
0: But it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, some of these mm. opportunities and uh, projects that you're involved with have happened serendipitously. It was uh, all just, of them. Just because somebody happened to run mm. into Didi, mm. just because somebody mm. happened to be in Phnom mm. Penh or whatever, Laos. they saw an mm. opportunity. And you've grasped that mm. and you've turned it into a, yeah. a project. Well, the
1: same thing happened with Nepal. Um, I I heard afterwards, uh, I thought it was serendipitous, but I heard after. Uh, I, I went along and it was. We have a breakfast meeting, and I happened to sit next to Richard Jackson, who was a great mate of Alan's and Alan Walden. And uh, he said, We're going to take some teachers to Nepal. And I said, Oh, count me in. (laughs) (laughs) I've been going ever since. Right. That's how it began. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Extraordinary. (laughs) And how did the Starfish Foundation get its name?
1: I'm sorry, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whatever, it's doing, it's doing wonderful mm. work.
1: It, it is. It, it, it does a lot with scholarships and things for, for the kids, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. We're talking
0: with Associate Professor Anne Prescott about some work that she and her colleagues from the Wurunga Rotary Club have been doing internationally in Nepal, in Sri Lanka, in Mongolia and Cambodia. I'll be back with Anne in a moment. So this is Ian Stewart. It's Rotary Matters. It's Friday afternoon. It's 19 minutes to four. Coming up at four o'clock, we'll have Street Beat with Neil and Heidi telling you everything you need to know about what's going on in this part of the world and a bit of a gig guide as well. But for the moment, we're back to Anne Prescott. Anne, you've been doing some work in Johannesburg as well. Can you tell us a little
1: bit about that? Uh, yes, Joe Carollas has been um, championing, championing that. Um, uh,
0: now Joe Corrolis was principal of St Lucy's. That's right. Yep. Yes. Which is a school for people with disabilities. Yes. Here in the northern suburbs of Sydney. That's right. Okay, sorry, go on.
1: That's and Joe uh, it's the same church um, that's involved with the in Copenhagen. Um, there were a number of So Copenhagen is where? In Johannesburg. It's in, it's like a suburb of Johannesburg. Yes, okay, yes. Carry on. And uh, and what happened was that these there were a number of grandmas uh, who were looking after their grandchildren um, because they had AIDS and so they were supporting them all the time um, and it was pretty tough and so they were making wonderful... So you mean
0: that the grandmother's looking after the grandchildren mm. whose parents mm. had, had HIV? Yeah, okay. and some
1: of the kids do oh. and I'm not even sure that some of the grandmas do yes. either but yes. yes. Um, and so the... Uh, child, um, uh, the grandmas, they were making the most beautiful handcrafts, just really lovely work. And so they were helping them set themselves up as a business but they needed to learn a whole lot of stuff. So um, various people, uh, there was a Rotary Club over there that helped them um, and uh, and a, someone from the university and they helped them learn how to run a business. Two of them had to get their driver's licenses. So they, they got a, a vehicle that would they'd be using and uh, they've gradually um, making it on their own um, without the need for the church to take um, charge of it. Um, So it's really nice. Mm.
0: So this is a Copenhagen. And uh,
1: what kind of merchandise is produced in these enterprises? Um, Oh, all sorts of things. Um, Beautiful uh, display, Pictures that you can put up. Um, also, yes, you name it, um, it's that sort of handcraft. Yeah.
0: Uh, is there much sent here? Do, do, we, do we get it here in Australia? Uh,
1: yes, I think we do. Um, I think it comes over with Joe or Sister Sheila, who was also involved with it. Um, so it's brought over. Uh, I don't know if they sell it elsewhere, but yes, that's, they certainly sell it over here. So
0: you've given them the tools... And the, mm. the, the, um, mm. the knowledge to be mm. able to work as a cooperative
1: yep. and
0: develop a business idea
1: yep.
0: and, mm. uh, and instead so right. doing to, to raise some money as well. That's right. So, um, mm. and elsewhere in Africa, is something happening in Uganda?
1: Ghana. Um, in, in
0: Ghana, sorry. I thought Uganda. Ghana? No,
1: Ghana. In, oh, now I'm... No, Ghana. In Ghana. Ghana. Ghana, West Coast,
0: on the West Coast. The um, yeah. one, yes,
1: um, yes. So there's uh, there um, uh, again. This was a chance meeting. Um, uh, our president met a young uh, fellow who uh, was from Ghana, uh, and uh, he was talking about a project. They needed water in various villages, and so the idea is that we will help them set it up. So this is a, this is a brand new project that we're just getting going.
0: Um. Fantastic. Well, look, Anne Prescott, it's been an absolute delight having you with us this afternoon. I applaud Thank you. you. I applaud mm. you and congratulate mm. you on, the, um, on your foresight, your enterprise, your passion. Um, you're willing to keep going and going and going and doing this year and year, <laughs> and year out. Um, and um, I hope perhaps we'd mm. be able to invite you back onto Rotary Matters for a bit of an update of how things are tracking for you be a pleasure to come thank